Hello, everyone. We are going to talk about Isaiah 52 on deliverance for Jerusalem. Isaiah 52. Wake up, wake up, O Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on your beautiful clothes, O holy city of Jerusalem. For unclean and godless people will enter your gates no longer. Rise from the dust, O Jerusalem. Sit in a place of honor. Remove the chains of slavery from your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For this is what the Lord says. When I told you into exile, I received no payment. Now I can redeem you without having to pay for you. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Long ago, my people chose to live in Egypt. Now they are oppressed by Assyria. What is this? asked the Lord. Why are my people enslaved again? Those who rule them shouldn't be an explanation. My name is blasphemed all day long, but I will reveal my name to my people, and they will come to know its power. Then at last they will recognize that I am the one who speaks to them. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news, the good news of peace and salvation, the good news that God of Israel reigns. The watchmen shout and sing with joy, for above their eyes they see the Lord returning to Jerusalem. Let the ruins of Jerusalem break into joyful song, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has demonstrated his holy power before the eyes of all the nations. All the ends of the earth will see the victory of our God. Get out, get out, and leave your captivity, where everything you touch is unclean. Get out of there and purify yourselves, you who carry home the sacred objects of the Lord. You will not leave in a hurry, running for our lives, for the Lord will go ahead of you. Yes, the God of Israel protects you from behind. I think this verse has a lot to do with the important thing is the messenger and the peace and the salvation. And that's what God has from us for us and that he protects us from behind. So if you look at all of the bad days or the, the even the good days, but things that go wrong in our lives, he's always got us. We just need to remember to reach out to him and to worship him and to be thankful and be joyful even going through the storms the lord's suffering servant see my servant will prosper he will be highly exalted but many were amazed when they saw him his face was so disfigured he seemed hardly human and from his appearance one would scarcely know he was a man and he will startle many nations kings will stand speechless in his presence for they will see what they have not been told they will understand what they had not heard about. Isaiah 53. Who has believed our message? To whom the Lord revealed his powerful arm. My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There is nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract to us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised, and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced by, for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, the sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord slayed on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. 
Every single line in this chapter richly describes Jesus, who is prophetically called the suffering servant. This is a detailed list of the redemptive work of Jesus, including taking our sins upon himself for those who have strayed. And that's really important to remember. That's why he died on the cross, to forgive us of our sins. And that's why the blood of Jesus is so powerful. And as a sheep is silent before the shearer, he did not open his mouth unjustly condemned. He was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong, and he had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave, but it was the Lord's good plan to crash him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will never have many descendants. He'll enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all this is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all of their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier, because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for for rebels. The Jewish people have been defeated and oppressed for generations, and more suffering is in their future. Ultimately, God will send a servant to save them. Isaiah describes the servant Savior and the suffering he will have to endure. It must have been difficult to imagine a Savior who would be sacrificed like a Passover lamb. The Jewish people faithfully sacrificed a Passover lamb every year as a reminder of how how God freed their ancestors from slavery in Egypt. But how could they be rescued if their Savior was slaughtered? And why would God demand the blood of his servant Savior? While animal sacrifices are required, human blood is never part of their worship. In fact, this is something that distinguishes them from all of their neighbors' pagan religions. Through the lens of history, we know that the servant Savior Isaiah promises was Jesus, and his blood is indeed necessary for our salvation. All of Isaiah's prophecies about the coming Savior was fulfilled by Jesus, life, death, and resurrection. It is John the Baptist who that first makes this connection and recognizes Jesus as the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Again, that's why he died on the cross, to take away the sin of the world. Isaiah 54. Seeing, O childless woman, you who have never given birth, break into loud and joyful song, O Jerusalem. You have never been in labor, for the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband, says the Lord. Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, and spare no expense, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. Fear not, you will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid, there is more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth and the sorrows of widowhood. For your creator will be your husband. The Lord of heaven's armies is his name. He is your redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of all the earth. For the Lord has called you back from your grief. As though you were a young wife abandoned by your husband, says your God. For a brief moment I abandoned you, but with great compassion I will take you back. In a burst of anger I turned my face away for a little while. But with everlasting love, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Just as I swore in the time of Noah that he would never 
again let a flood cover the earth. So now I swear that I will never again be angry and punish you. For the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. O storm-battered city, troubled and desolate, I will rebuild you with precious jewels and make your foundations from lapis lazul. I will make your towers of sparkling rubies, your gates of shining gems, and your walls of precious stones. I will teach all your children, and they will enjoy great peace. You will secure under a government that is not is just and fair. Your enemies will stay far away. You will live in peace, and terror will not come near. If any nation comes to fight you, it is not because I sent them. Whoever attacks you will go down in defeat. I have created the blacksmith who fans the coals beneath the forge and makes the weapons of destruction. And I have created the armies that destroy. But in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. Isaiah 55, Invitation to the Lord's Salvation Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink, even if you have no money. Come take your choice of wine or milk, it's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will also make the finest food. Come to me when your ears wide open, listen, and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will find you all the unfailing love I promised to God. See how I use them to display my power among the people. I made him a leader among the nations. You also will command nations you do not know, and peoples unknown to you will come, running to obey. Because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. Seek the Lord while you find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn it to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to your God, for he will forgive generously. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain of grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to do, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. You will live in joy and peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song, and the trees of the fields will clap their hands. Where once there is thorns, cypress trees will grow. Where there is nettles grow, myrtles will sprout up. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. They will be an everlasting sign of his power and love. The Lord promises that in the future the temple will be a house of prayer for Gentiles who commit themselves to him. Later, Jesus spares the temple of the money changers and quotes the new passage when he declares, my, tam- my temple will be called a house of prayer. Jesus references this verse when he responds to the crowds who are grumbling about this self-description. I am the bread that came down from heaven. This invitation to the thirsty is the same invitation Jesus offers to the crowd at the festival of shelters. Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. So in here, we're talking about being thirsty, but that's being thirsty for God's word. That's being thirsty to learn and to work on a relationship closer with God so we can learn how to become more like him. 
the ending question is, what do you need to do to lay, what, it, what are the things that you need to do to lay at the bottom of the cross? What sins do you need to get rid of? What issues do you need to give up to God? What are some of the things that you just need to let go and give to God? And how do we stay not so busy so we have time to work on our relationship with God? What do we need to let go? Do we need to let go of Facebook? Do we need to let go of TV? What do we need to do to stop being too busy to be in the Word of God and to develop our relationship with God? Heavenly Father, we pray over the people that are listening to this podcast and we pray that they hear the words and they follow the wording and to identify what they need to let go and what do they need to do to put at your cross, at the feet of your cross, so that way they can let go of the past and be able to forgive themselves because you've already forgiven our sins. You've already gotten rid of our sins through your blood. We as humans just need to let go and put everything into you and trust and believe and have faith in you. In the blood of Jesus, amen.